Hello, hello everybody and welcome to Happy Hour Wednesday. Hope everybody's having a fantastic week so far. I am super excited for today's guest, the one and only Eliza Leone. A lot of people recognized her from her photo, so I think this is gonna be a good night. And it looks like she is very on time. Here she is already, yay. Very excited for you guys to meet this woman. She's incredibly talented. She's incredibly down to earth and she's gorgeous. And there she is. Hello, lovely. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I like your backdrop. Good toolbox background. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. I like I've got my mom passing around and then my dog cupcake. She likes to be in everything. So <laughs> speak yeah. of the devil. <laughs> Right on cue there. You like that? <laughs> yeah, but my like right here and, you know, want to be in too. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I'm sure this one is going to show his butt to the camera at some point today because that's what cats, that's what cats do, right? <laughs> do you have a happy hour drink? This is an important question. I, I have a water bottle. We'll I accept that. Okay. <laughs> beer and then I just I was running late from work and it just didn't happen <laughs> darn work getting in the way jeez. <laughs> oh my goodness so how how has life been treating you my dear life's been pretty good um it's been close to about a year now that I've left um, the XOR set and so um moving back from Tennessee over to Texas and bringing all of my um, trucks and toolbox and everything else was was a big thing. It, it took a couple of trips, um, but oh, I'm like finally desert and, and loving it. Um, this whole COVID thing has just been so horrible. It's um, just put a cramp on a lot of things that I wanted to do uh, about time, especially go visit you at at, um, at Girl Gang Garage. I know it'll happen though. It'll happen again. We're gonna we're gonna think we're trying. Fingers crossed. Okay, here's the cat with the butt. Let's. Stop it, cut. Um, <laughs> we're gonna try to get the build started back up, hopefully next month in at least like a limited capacity so that we can at least get started. Oh my God, he's gonna be really annoying this whole interview, isn't he? He's being very needy recently. I don't know what's going on with him, but. Um, <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it is so ridiculous. And he's like obstinate too. He would take the whole camera space. <laughs> <laughs> he would if he could, I, I promise. Um, hopefully he doesn't turn off the camera. All right, silly man, let's get out of here. Come on. Um, so while I wrangle the cat, um, tell, uh, tell everybody who's watching who may not know you, um, who you are. <laughs> so my name's Eliza Leon and um, in 2017, I became a co-host of XOR, which is Extreme Off-Road and the Power Nation crew. And I did two seasons with them, and it was absolutely a whole lot of fun. Um, my background is I've always worked in the auto field, some sort of capacity, um, mainly being a mechanic for quite a while. Then I kind of transitioned into service riding. And throughout all that time, I've always loved off-roading so much that I would just kind of work to keep a project going. And um, that's kind of how XOR found me is because I used to be racing sand drags and hill climbs and stuff around here in El Paso. And of course, El Paso is the, 
area of MSD and stuff. And so we had a couple of people that transferred from MSD over to the Power Nation crew. And that's kind of how things all kind of got together. And it was definitely a lot of fun. All right. Very cool. So I know a lot of people recognize you. There were a couple of comments. They're like, I'd recognize those eyes anywhere. She's that, that one girl from that show. <laughs> do you get, do you get that a lot? Like people recognize you, but like not quite sure. <laughs> What's funnier is that whenever like I giggle in public, I'll have more people turn around and say, I know that laugh more than when they face. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, I get that occasionally, too. I've had people come across restaurants and be like, mm -hmm. I heard your laugh and I knew it had to be you. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Yes. <laughs> but what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, so where are you working at now? So I'm currently working as an independent appraiser. Um, for a couple of different insurance companies, as well as like auctions, um, go around just all over El Paso appraising vehicles that are either going oh, wow. to or collision repair and stuff. That was what I was doing right before I um, went over to Extreme Off-Road. Interesting. That's got to be kind of a, a fascinating thing. Are there like crazy stories from doing that? Do you ever get to like do really cool stuff? <laughs> Is that I get to meet so many cool people. And then the stories behind like the damages or the vehicles themselves. So um, I kind of get this, the whole spectrum, either like the really ugly vehicles that like have like, they look like dumpsters. I mean, and you know, being in tech before that, you know, that people <laughs> bring in their, their cars and they've got weird things in them sometimes, <laughs> to say the least. But yeah, I'll see like those. And then I'll see, like today I was, I was um, working with a two, two 2020 Corvette Stingray and um, you know just inspecting it getting it ready to ship out and stuff and nice. I mean it's crazy to see like you know a 1994 Volvo and then all of a sudden see like an R8 the next hour so right. <laughs> yeah. okay now I have to ask since you open the door what is the weirdest thing that you have found in a person's vehicle <laughs> so this <laughs> is um, a, a body shop estimator and uh, we had this gorgeous tall lady, you know, and looked completely, you know, sexy and stuff. And she was like, she got rear-ended. And um, so I told her, did you take all your contents out of the, you know, the rear? Because we need to service like the rear body panel and, you know, all that other stuff. And she's so oh, yeah. She said, and even if I didn't, you know, you're more than welcome to move the step over or, you know. And I was like, okay. Didn't think anything of it. All of a sudden, body man comes running in and tells me, you have got to see what is behind there because I'm not touching it. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and over there, turns out this lady, I guess, was hosting, um, like, those, the, the toys kind of parties. Yes, <laughs> the passion parties. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of toys. And <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I call her and tell her, can you, can you come? remove your merchandise. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, they were scared of a little uh, toys? <laughs> yes, all, all the guys were. <laughs> That's so funny. All like the banter and just the shop talk and stuff, like see their faces, like, see some people like ghosts. And yeah. <laughs> oh my God, gotta love it, that's amazing. 
boys. <laughs> I've never, I've never found that. I found some pretty bizarre stuff in cars, dirty diapers. Um, that's always fun. All like the old food. Um, yeah. How sometimes McDonald's stuff just doesn't mold, just go away. Like, it's creepy. It is creepy. We found <laughs> there and they were still, they looked fresh. <laughs> they look fresh. <laughs> so disturbing. So with working on like all and and being around all different vehicles all the time, everything from like the POS to the brand new fancy, fancy stuff, I, I gotta ask because I I'm wondering if my experience is different than others. Do do you feel like you get like a little jaded to where like big fancy cars or whatever don't like impress you anymore or excite you anymore because you see them all the time? Um, okay, so maybe with exotics, I do. Okay. I think I'm more scared to like scratch them or, you know, to look like I'm not able to handle them properly, like in front of their owners or, or sellers. Um, but my God, as soon as I see a monster truck or like a souped up truck, I'm, I'm back to being a kid again. Are you? <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay maybe it's just me then all right <laughs> it's, i mean there's just some parts of like you know the automotive field that i'm not um they're interesting because of the way they work and the amount of attention and and stuff that they deserve but they're just kind of not my cup of tea and like i said i think it has to do more with like exotic cars maybe yeah. just the price point i don't know I mean, I've, I've seen them. I'm like, ooh, that's nice. Oh, wow, that smells nice. And ooh, that sounds <laughs> But then that's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like over all these years of being in the industry, like, I've driven so many types of cars and I've been around and worked on so many types of cars that, like, it doesn't, I'm like, okay, cool. It's, it's another car. Like, it doesn't um, do anything for me, which makes me feel really jaded and lame and empathetic. But, like, I don't know. So I had an opportunity to drive somebody's fancy new z4 recently and he was like so what did you think and i was like it drives like a z4 like, yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah, awful no, i can totally relate to that uh, <laughs> i can't tell you you know what really made me sad was more that um being in the body shop industry i can see bad blends i can see like wobbly body work i can see you know all of that stuff and the sad thing is it makes like going to car shows kind of meh yes. see it and it's like ah oh. and then even worse if i hear it because I, I used to work in suspension so long that i could hear things and i used to love to go as a kid like driving like to go see all the all the um lights during christmas and stuff and i recently did that last year and it was torture. All I heard was brakes and struts, <laughs> bearings. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we're ruined. We were ruined. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about trucks bringing you back to being a kid. So is that how is that how it all started for you? Was love of trucks? Love of trucks. Um, mm -hmm. My grandfather was an owner operator, and he had Peterbilts. And so okay. come home from from work, I'd run to the fence and be like. You know, and he'd honk his horn and let me drive around the block. And, oh, that's cool. You know, from there, and then they took me to see the monster trucks, and I saw Gravedigger, and that was it. I said, that's what I got you. 
Did you ever have a, have an interest in doing Monster Truck? I did for a long time. And I was really like looking to see actively if I could get into being a tech for a month for the Monster Trucks. But I saw like how grueling their schedule was. And I just said, I can't do that and go to school at the same time. Um, so because it's it, the whole tech thing started out as me going to school to um, and being a tech to pay for school. And oh. I would, uh, you know, not be a mechanic after I graduated. So what'd you and go to school for? Political science and communication. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally out there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm right there with you. Pre-law, like what? I don't know. <laughs> Pre-law courses, I totally thought I wanted to go into legal stuff and, um, you know, um, PR related things for, for politics. And I interned at a couple of law places. And then I also went to DC and worked at a, at a PR firm. And I just found oh, out, I just, I didn't like it at all. And so um, I decided to come back home to El Paso and, and get back into the automotive sector things. That's awesome. Well, even better, you found out early on and were willing to make the shift because I feel like so many people get stuck in, Got, I, I hear it a lot about getting into mechanics. People are like, oh, I've always wanted to do that, but I'm too old now. I'm like, you're mm -hmm. not. No, you're never. Yeah, <laughs> Go never. do what you love, whatever that is. So it's cool. I, I totally thought I was going to be disappointing my family and stuff because, I mean, like, the conditions were for me to be attacked during college. And when I came back and said, I just can't do it out there in D.C., and my mom's like, okay, good. Well, do whatever makes you happy. So I was like, my God, if I would have known that then, then maybe I would have taken a little bit, maybe a little bit of a different route. I don't know. Yeah. So did you ever go to school for mechanical stuff or did you just learn it and dive in and have you been doing it your whole life? A bit of both. So um, I initially started off as an auto tech student in high school mm. and certs there. And then right afterwards, I got a job as an apprentice at a transmission shop. And so oh. that was a swim kind of deal. And I learned a whole lot. At that point, I never knew that there was front-wheel drive vehicles. According to me, everything was rear-wheel drive and trucks. And so <laughs> a little Honda Civic, you know, to pull apart. And I was like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> what are CB what are CB shafts? I don't get where's the transition? <laughs> like, yeah. It was it was horrible. <laughs> but I, That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then so then you, did you want to go to school after that? Yeah, so throughout the years, um, I decided to get into the collision field of things, um, and I went to go get all of my ICAR certifications, and I take um, continuous classes, you know, just to maintain um, the certs. Nice. So you've done a little bit of everything in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And you're still so young. You've got, like, so much opportunity ahead of you. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I... I, I can't, um, I think the only part of um, the automotive industry I haven't done has probably been sales. I think right now this is the closest I have been to sales because I help like wholesale dealers and dealers connect together and I know like those prices and all that other stuff, but um, I've never worked in the actual sales department. So, and you also, you do welding and fabrication too, right? And Woman I can, of all trades, master of all. <laughs> yeah, so I can credit that to the body shop um, because I was hired on as an estimator slash like bodyman's helper. And so like I used to go do all the teardowns and stuff, write the estimates, and then make sure that the bodyman was getting the, the appropriate amount of hours that he was supposed to be getting for it. Um, 
I had a great person that I used to shadow that taught me how to weld and taught me, like, you know, like the structural components of vehicles, not only just like ladder frame vehicles, but unisides and all that other stuff, which um, up until then, I really never had paid attention to any of that. Interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's, there's so much. Like, I feel like it's impossible to know all the things and yet you have like managed to have like really solid experience in like all of these different areas which has got to be just hugely beneficial to doing all the estimating that you're doing now and appraising that you're doing and it's cool because um i mean as much as i loved being a tech being a heavy line tech was really hard on my body and of course i've got hernias and i've got you know discs in my back that are you know slipping and stuff and um you know, my dad was a diesel mechanic and his body is just torn up. You know, he's, he's 60 something and he's retired and he's got a horrible shoulders and knees. And so I really quickly realized that I was going to need to start to learn more the um, like estimating and service inside of it so that I would be able to continue to build stuff on my own time because that's not something I'm willing to give up. Speaking of which, you have some projects going on on your own time right now. What do you got going on? You showed me some teaser pictures. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I finally got, um, it's been a while since I've taken the blazer body off of its frame. And I finally this weekend got the Willie's cab off of its frame and made it with the blazer frame. So doing a whole lot of work in that end. And it's finally starting to look like a truck. And so I'm really like excited about it because once I took off the blazer body, it would just, it looked like junk and, you know, it all looked like junk. And I was, you know, kind of losing a little bit of interest just because I felt like it was not um, possible alone, you know, cause I, I don't have all the cool tools that I had at XOR, you know, all the lifts and the booms and the cranes and, you know, so um, out here in my driveway, I decided to run a forklift <laughs> and get it done. <laughs> All right, you guys, do you have that up on your Instagram? I do. Okay, so if you guys do not follow this woman, you go follow her as soon as this is over and check out her Instagram feed and look at the picture that she's got with her rigged up forklift lifting up of the body of this Willie's. And it is like absolutely awesome. And I think just such a testament to just where there's a will, there's a way and creativity and problem solving and like all the things that I love about being a mechanic, right? Like it's not always the straightforward, this is the way it's done. It's all right, these are the tools I have. This is what I have available. This is what I need to accomplish. How do I make it happen? Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, you know, I love that you can relate. And we talked about this when we first met is that as women, we're built differently. Like, you know, we don't have the upper body strength and we need to really rely on our tools and leverage and, you know, thinking outside of like the orthodox box of doing things so that we can do it. And um, I, that's definitely kept me interested in the whole mechanical field as, as long as it has. I've got a short attention span. So <laughs> if I think that I'm good at, at what I do with estimating because it's always something different. And you know how it is in the shop. It's always something different. There's never anything that, you know, comes in the same way, same packaging, same, you know, symptoms and stuff. It's, yeah. it's always different. Yep, absolutely. And then the moment you think that you've gotten used to seeing the same problem over and over again, and you get cocky and you think, oh, I know what this is, mm -hmm. then it winds up being something totally goofy and you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
And then all of a sudden, the manufacturer decides that they're going to revamp the whole yeah. model. Like, what? <laughs> I just burned the last one. <laughs> just to keep it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I mean, for, in for instance, um, Dodge now, if you don't put your seatbelt on, you're not going to get your vehicle into reverse or drive. It's just not happening. As Which of I what year? Is that new, new? I want to say 19, I think. Oh, wow. In, I was in um, in a charger and I'm you know getting the mileage and all this other stuff I put it into drive don't have the seatbelts on because I'm not going anywhere just like you know they're in the in the dealership's parking lot and it just like stops and I was like what never felt this before and I was like Interesting. what in the world is wrong with this car finally I'm like let me put my seatbelt on put it on Interesting. Me, and then the dash told me to switch back to park and then back into drive and we were good interesting mm -hmm. and then well, you have like the, the looking um if you're not looking at the screen or the the road it'll alert you and tell you subaru does that interesting <laughs> i don't see i now that i'm not in like dealership life anymore and i'm not I don't have my regular repair shop. I don't see all like the new stuff all that often. And I definitely like not as familiar with the domestic stuff. I do remember when BMW did a thing where, cause they have the seat occupancy sensor that like tells you whether there's somebody sitting in the seat or not. Um, yeah. If you lifted your butt off of the seat, it wouldn't drive anymore. Oh. Because it like, so, and I, and I always, cause I'm short and I was trying to like, whenever I would, go to bring cars onto a lift, I would always like lift myself up out of the seat and look out my window to see where the, where I was lined up. And I would like lift up and the car would stop. I'm like, that's <laughs> not cool. <laughs> that's not cool at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was that kind of feeling where I was like, what is this? I mean, especially being that I spent um, close to about three years, you know, out, out of the manufacturing world and dealerships and stuff. I was, lost when it came to the new technology as to what's you know how far things have come in three years it's crazy it's amazing how quickly technology changes i mean it's i feel like if you're off the line for six months a year like it's just it just changes so fast and it's so quick that you're left in the dust it's um mm -hmm. it's both awesome and awful all at the same time <laughs> yeah and it's um i mean and also like going <laughs> speaking of that going from uh, moving all my things and going back into kind of more of like a desk automotive job mm -hmm. and like really working on the willies again. I was sore. I was like, everything hurts. Yeah. It's a totally different kind of work, right? Like there's mental exhaustion from doing computer work within the physical exhaustion and mental exhaustion of doing work and problem solving on cars. Absolutely. So somebody just commented that it's the beginning of the death of the automobile with, with talking about all this technology. So um, I'm curious what your thoughts are, because there's a lot of like, some people love it, some mm -hmm. people hate it. What are your thoughts on all of the crazy technology in the cars? I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, I've always definitely been leaned more towards classics and up until, um, you know, up until my, my stuff with Power Nation, I had really never dealt much with like the EFI systems and changing it over and stuff because all of my stuff is carbureted. My motorcycle's carbureted, my Willys is carbureted, Blazer's carbureted, you know, so. Um, You're old school. I am old school. <laughs> <laughs> you 
And so working with it was really neat. And it's kind of neat to see like how they can improve horsepower handling and just the way like, you know, modules talk to each other and stuff. And um, so it's interesting, it's scary. And I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Like, I mean, like with even with Tesla, like going for all electric, it scares me. <laughs> when the leaf came out and I was at, uh, you know, body shop and we had to go through this training about how, you know, to decharge the car and not get electrocuted and die. And so I'm thinking like, I'm sitting in a lightning bolt when you sit in a Tesla. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm in the, somewhere in the middle. Some things like really astound me. And then other stuff, I'm like, why did they change it? Yeah, interesting. I knew I knew there was gonna we were gonna be different on that answer. So I was I was curious to hear. I come from like the totally other perspective where I I mean I grew up with my Volkswagen Bug, which was carbureted, obviously. Um, although I guess not obviously, they did have a fuel injected version, but that was a horrible nightmare. Um, but I I never like other than that, I didn't. I didn't learn on old school cars. I learned on new stuff. <laughs> and when I started doing All Girls Garage was the first time that I really started getting into older stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I can't, <laughs> Where, where's my computer? Where's, like, it's a totally different, like we came from opposite places on it. And I'm kind of in the middle too. I, I think some of it's awesome. I think some of the technology is really cool. Obviously we all love our gadgets and, the safety side of things is awesome. But, and I, I think the exciting part is just like, I think it's cool, the curiosity of the human mind and how like we're constantly pushing things to that next place. And so it's always interesting to me to see like, what are they gonna come up with next? Like, what are we gonna come up with next? I think that's awesome. And sometimes I hate it too. And sometimes it terrifies me as well. <laughs> so I don't know. No, yeah, definitely so. I mean, it's just, it's amazing that, you know, all the modules and what they do now, especially like um, with suspension for me, that was like a a big thing for me when they started coming out with like the wheel rolls modules and, you know, speed control sensors and ABS stuff. Like that was really neat because I, I started wrenching like heavily in 2000, I graduated 2003. So like right at the cusp of where a lot of like, things were starting to move towards more um, electrical items and stuff. And so, <laughs> excuse me, I like the stuff, like the ABS stuff and throttle body controls and all that is, and it was neat, but scary. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, BMW is great for like being at the leading edge of a lot of things. So yeah, it's, I've they worked on those and they're they scare me <laughs> they're not scary it's all just nuts and bolts it's all just nuts and bolts <laughs> so what how do you feel about like there's all this talk about you know california going all ev and people making predictions that there's gonna be no um combustion engines after x year whatever whatever that prediction is like do you feel like that's ever gonna be a thing no no <laughs> i mean it's kind of like my grandfather said that the three short things in life is, you know, death, taxes, and cars. <laughs> <laughs> people got to get around somewhere or another. And people just love the nostalgia of, um, of classic cars. And, I mean, what's considered classic now wasn't considered classic then. And so every, there's just constant revolving 
door of what's coming up next and stuff and the people that want to hold on to the past and really i mean in all these years like i mean yes we've had electric engines and motors and stuff but nothing to what can like completely change the industry i remember when the collision field decided that they wanted to do like um water paint instead of you know mm -hmm. salt and there was a real heavy push and you know it should have been by now that everybody was supposed to be green but we we still don't have that just because i would put you know a whole bunch of people in a really bad place and it would just yeah. market it's just not going to happen I mean, we're always going to have some sort of combustion engine yeah I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't think, I think even if they stopped making combustion engines tomorrow, mm -hmm. like we would still have these cars on the road for a long, long time to come unless it suddenly becomes like outlawed. And I don't like see how that's really feasible in practice. But yeah, the paint one is an interesting one because California is, they can't use solvent-based paints. It has to be water-based. But it's interesting because this always confused me. And tell me if I'm wrong here. Aren't all clears solvent-based? Like you can't have a water-based clear? I think so. I'm So even I'm when you're using water-based, you still wind up using a clear that's solvent-based. So like it's like we can make moves in that direction. And I think it's good. I think it's good to be responsible to the earth and all of that. And it's, but it's got to come in. It's got to be balanced, right? We've got to like factor in all of the things. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, and letting, I mean, that's, that's, that was a practice that, you know, that's kind of gone away, but every once in a while, it's, it's still, it's still here. Every, it, you know, I have a, a, a good friend of mine that still does letting in his body work. He's fantastic at it. And it's few and far between that you see it, but I mean, you still see it. I know, and I feel so conflicted because I think it's so awesome. Like, it looks so cool, and I want to learn it. And uh, another lady who I'll probably have on here at some point, Madison Irvin out in, Cal in uh, Florida, she does a lot of lead work and absolutely <laughs> loves doing it. I'm like, that looks so cool, and it's so irresponsible, and it's so bad for you. And <laughs> I feel bad because I, I, I am very much um, being part of the off-road community. I'm always outside. And yeah. so it makes me so upset when I see trash and a whole lot of things that shouldn't be out in the you know, in these areas, but then again, there I am taking a monstrous vehicle through nature. So uh, it's kind of, we got to find that balance, you know? And um, so I do think it, we do need, we do need all the, you know, the EPI stuff and the, you know, all of the greenhouse gases and everything else and to be responsible. But I think, um, I think we can still find a way to have our, our, our cake and eat it too, I guess. I like cake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking we've got a couple of questions I wanted to see what we've got um one was about what your current project is we already talked about that um and they asked what my current project is and I don't really have one right now at the moment as far as like a good project to talk about so we don't have there's there's nothing fun to talk about there <laughs> the Volvo's the fun project and that'll start back up soon but um but at the moment, I'm just fixing regular old cars. Nothing too exciting. Um, <laughs> my big project is getting rid of all my junk cars. Do you have that, that problem? Do you collect junk cars like I do? I do. I do. <laughs> I'm, instead of the old cat lady, I'm going to be the old truck lady. And it's going to have a bunch of trucks. Just I feel like they're like puppies. Like they all need to come. <laughs> but do they, do they procreate like puppies? <laughs> It almost feels like it. <laughs> I 
collection. <laughs> and so what, um, what else do you have in your collection? Um, so I have um, two Willys trucks. I have a 59 and a 53. Nice. And fortunately, the 59 was like, really close to being like a good daily driver. And I got wrecked in it. I got T-boned in it. And mm. so I start all over again. I need a frame and I need a rear axle. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You, you were okay, though? I was, thank God, because um, even the cap split. And, um, you know, I just had my lap belt on and oh, wow. I concussion, really bad concussion. But uh, outside of that, I was okay, which usually doesn't happen. And yeah. That's amazing. I'm, I am glad to hear that you are all right. That sounds horrible. Yeah. And so um, I have a, a 1200 Sportster. I did have the Blazer, but I've consolidated the Blazer and the 53 Willys to one. And then I have my Jeep Wrangler. And I just picked up a Titan XD. So this is my oh. that's first dabble in, uh, in diesel trucks. So we'll see. Okay. I love the way it pulls. Um, but again, it's going to have to learn that whole process of maintenance and, you know, not be afraid of the turbos and all that other stuff. Yeah. Diesel is a, is a whole different world for sure. I'm, I'm not that familiar with diesels either. Little bits here and there, but it's not my forte by any stretch. Yeah, mine either. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> It'll go awesome. You're smart. You'll pick it up fast. I, yeah. That I have faith. <laughs> So of all of the crazy things that you do, the welding, the fabrication, the body work, the office stuff, the estimating, the mechanical, the off-roading, what's, what's, your, what's your favorite? My favorite? Ah, oh, it's the off-road stuff. <laughs> Building it or doing it or both? Both. Both. <laughs> Except for, like, when I, in my head, everything goes by, like, so well. Dana 60s, you know, you know, boxed in frame and all. I never, I always forget how heavy things are and how hard it is to move and work with. Um, so sometimes in the midst of that, I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I do this? Mm -hmm. um, but once I do, I'm like, yes, yes, I did it. And go wheel it, break it, and we're back to the same old cycle again. Yep. <laughs> It's, I was literally just saying that the other day to somebody that like being a mechanic, working on cars, I feel like it is one of the few careers or trades where while you're doing it, you're like, why? I hate my life. Why did I do this? And then as soon as you're done, you're like, I made fire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the master of the universe. <laughs> it feels amazing. Like two weeks ago, my sister broke a, ball, a lower ball joint in her Toyota Tacoma. And, you know, the side that broke off, I was able to get done quick, and it was wonderful. And then the other side, gee whiz, I ended up having to grind off the ball joint and then use the ball joint press to get it out of there. And oh, God. What could have been, like, an hour, two-hour deal ended up being, like, seven hours worth of misery of, like, pounding sledgehammers, like the ball joint um, fork, the C-clamp. And then finally I just said, you know what? You go over there, don't look at what I'm doing. I'm gonna grind this sucker off and take it off. And that's what we did. <laughs> make, make it at work, make it at work. <laughs> it work. I think that was like one of the most valuable lessons for me when I was coming up in the industry and working on cars was that like, it doesn't all go smoothly. In fact, most of the time it doesn't go smoothly. And like that, that doesn't mean that I'm not good. It doesn't mean that I'm inept. It doesn't mean that I don't know enough. 
It means I just got to get to problem solving and figure it out. And that's like, that's where the difference is. Like, it's not, it's not how good you do when everything's perfect and easy. It's how good you do when everything hits the fan and nothing is working. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, it, it took me a long time to figure that out. For a long time, I, um, I always doubted my capabilities only because I would run into those issues. And it wasn't until like, um, you know, the bonfire talks and off-roading that you're talking to everybody and you see everybody's having the same issues, you know, male or female, everybody's having like that one bolt that it's yeah. the last of it all and then it snaps. And then you're like, oh my. <laughs> you know, so then I, I realized, okay, this is, it's not something that goes smoothly. This yeah. is something that you just, you have to be ready to tackle on anything. Yep. And I think that's like the misnomer is like people expect that it's supposed to go easy. And I think, you know, we always show the, the going easy on TV, right? Like everything fit together perfectly and everything was super easy and it was done in 22 minutes, right? <laughs> I wish that I had the Eliza that worked on XOR because she <laughs> Never had any problems. Everything was always perfect. <laughs> So, so I've got to ask because I, I'm sure you're aware of this. I, like, I'm really a big fan of sharing our f ups because I think it gives everybody else that permission to know that like it doesn't always go smoothly. You're not alone. It's not because you're a girl. It's not because you're young. It's because you're human, and because cars are challenging sometimes. So, do you do you have like a a famous f up or like one that is like recent, fresh in your mind of like, oh my god. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Terrible, too. So, like I said, I was two weeks ago, I was working on my sister's little Tacoma, you know, Tacoma, and um, finally got everything buttoned up, and I didn't torque down the caliper bolts. I don't know, it just, it passed me. You know, I was busy torquing down everything else, making sure everything was suspects, drove it, sounded good, you know, caliper didn't fall off while I was driving it. Well, then there goes my sister driving down the road, and the caliper falls off and hits Bill Stops car truck and stuff, and I'm like, <gasps> go get my tow, my you know my tow. Um, I'm sorry, my trailer. Get her, pick her up, make sure she's okay. And I was like, I cannot believe I forgot that, you know. And I've always been, when I worked at the dealerships, I had a little marker pen that I used to mark everything once yeah. it was specs. And because this one time, I decided like I don't I don't need to do that. You know, I had a major F up and they got everything came out okay. But um, you know what happens even to the best of us. And um, really? it's just that, you know, the one of those things that, that keeps you on your toes, keeps you, keeps you humble and keeps you constantly checking, rechecking your work. Yeah. And so like um, having a, another pair of eyes come out and, and check it out is always good. You know, yeah. I've always been able to have um, a good partner or an ally in the shops I've worked in and told them, hey, you know what? Just come look this over, make sure, you know, everything looks buttoned up and good. And if I don't have that, then I, I leave it for the night, come back and retorque everything and make sure that it's good yeah. to go. Yeah. Got My it. old shop foreman used to do this. Uh, thank you for sharing, by the way, and, and, and admitting that we all we all have them. Um, my uh, my old shop foreman used to have this. He was an older Italian guy, very like Italian superstitious, New York dude. And yeah. um, 
And for a while, when I first started working with him, I didn't know what he was doing. And then he finally explained it to me. But anytime he finished working under the hood of a car or on anything, he would stand there and he would look at and point and like talk to himself about every single thing that he touched. He was like, boom, 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 like all of the things. And then his final thing was he would go like he was spitting in it, but he didn't actually spit in it and then slam the hood. And like, that was his like, I blessed it. It's done. I've checked all my work. And it's, and I started picking up that habit of like, I touched that, I touched that, I touched that, I touched that. And like going through the mental list, but sometimes it still, it still gets you. It, it still does. gets you. The same thing too I, and everybody thinks I'm crazy because I'm like I touch it physically go touch it and stuff and let you know that's where the pen came in mm -hmm. and um, I didn't do it this time around and man I, I paid for it thank yeah. god everything was okay but um, yeah it definitely reminded me that I needed to go back to being very methodical and just doing things in routine and that's really all it's about it's about practice and routine and you know that's that's what makes things kind of go smoother yeah, I'm not very good at that. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> I, I am totally like that messy technician. I am, I, yes, it's not good, but but it works for me. It's organized chaos. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm an organized technician because I've got like, you know, my sockets and everything spread out and stuff, but um, I try and keep my box to where like everything is where it's back at like afterwards, which is so hard because after wrenching on these things that like, you just want to walk away from it. Just mm -hmm. it. But you know, that's, that's how I lose tools. So I'm like, oh, I have to go put everything away. I try, I try to keep up with that. That is hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, Rated R for Rachel just joined us. Hi, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not always good at like shouting out people, but I, I every once in a while I see a name that I have to say hello to. <laughs> but... I to meet her for a little bit when I was out at Phoenix. And, oh, um, nice. Yes, but I didn't get to talk a whole lot with her or you know, do a whole lot much, but it was so cool to see her in person. I was like, yeah. Well, well, teaser, she's going to be on a future happy hour. So keep your eyes out and you'll get to hear more of her, more of her story and chat with her. But <laughs> But um, what what else? Oh my gosh, um, there's so much. So how's the, how's off-roading been this year? Have there been any events happening? I mean, off-roading is kind of like a solitary kind of event, even when it's in a gathering anyway. Like, how has that been? Um, I've seen a couple events, you know, being held and stuff and some other ones that are gonna be held. Um, but pretty much COVID has kind of shut down everything. Um, I really haven't done a whole lot of trailing either. Just because, um, well, I have I have lupus, and so I take um, autoimmune suppressants. So I, I really okay. can't make a whole lot of of cool stuff when there's viruses going around. So mm. yeah, I did not know that. That's mm -hmm. one of those like healthy sick diseases, right? Like where you look fine from the outside and nobody knows. Uh huh. Yeah. So you, have you been on like super lockdown? Kind of, um, but. Um, the, the cool thing is, is that appraising kind of keeps me um, in my own little bubble. I work out of my vehicle, so I don't have to interact with a whole lot of people. So that's always good. And um, I just take precautions and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to be that person that's like, I don't want to do anything because it's scary outside. So I, I try and I try and keep keep okay with everything that's going, you know? 
Yep. I think we're all all doing the best that we can with all of this and finding our our comfort place and what risks we're okay taking and what risks we're not. So, yeah. yeah. So what is what's in the future for you? What should we look out for from Miss Eliza? Um, so I'm trying to get to getting like a YouTube page up and started and it's not so much for how to but more so so that I can feature different people's vehicles because I see so many really cool rigs out on the road all the time that you know it's 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 interesting and a whole lot of people don't don't get I think so for me like when growing up I always had like the four-wheeler magazines and they had in the back like the readers rides and that <coughs> My favorite part because I got to see everybody's builds and how they worked and what yeah worked for them and that's kind of what I want to base my YouTube channel off of so as soon as I get like my junk up and ready and running and ready to wheel I want to have you know people that wheel with me so that we can go over their setup and how they kind of fell into off-roading and the camaraderie around it and, and you know focus more on um, the vehicles the people and the stories more so than the than the how-to there's a whole lot people and they do really good at what they're you know they're really good at what they do and um so i think uh, if we showcase like you know the, the off-road community a little bit more it'd be interesting nice i like that so if y'all think that she should do that make sure you go and give her some love and tell her give her some support because youtube <laughs> man like it's a lot of work <laughs> that's why i haven't i don't i mean i really should do more but it, it it's not hard it sounds easy, you know, you just get a GoPro and a couple of cameras and it's sure. Should be but I'm having to learn all the back end of like the production stuff, which I've seen done because of XOR. But that stuff is I'm not a techie. I'm not a really good techie person. And um, I mean I stay with iPhone because I can't get viruses. So <laughs> <laughs> going back and now learning um, you know, how to do the editing and moving videos and footage from here to there and stuff. It's, it's, um, it's a big thing to learn. <laughs> it is. It's a ton. There's so much, there's so much to learn. You have to be a little bit of everything and yeah, it's just, it's so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. So everybody keep an eye out for that and, and give her some encouragement for that. Um, so I want to go back a little bit. You talked about, um, in, in like all of your jobs that you've been fortunate to have like an ally or a partner, like somebody to double check your work or kind of just be that like a, a support person for you. Have, what, what has your experience been like? Cause we've seen it all over the board and women that I've interviewed, like what, um, what's your experience been as a woman in these shops? Um, it's been all over the spectrum. I mean, I've, I've um, been in places where I was not welcomed um, I've been in places where, you know, I had a whole lot of support. I've been, you know, severely underpaid for jobs that I've, I've done. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, kind of had to accommodate for shops that were built in like the 50s and 70s. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> that don't have rest, uh, restrooms and stuff for women or locker rooms. So it's, um, it's been all over the board and, and I've met, so many people that have so many different ideas of of how to integrate women into the shops and the trades and stuff. Um, it's just kind of it's it's not been all negative. It's not been all great, you know. Well, that I mean that's 
Better than it being all negative, right? <laughs> um, I think, um, so my very first, um, at the apprentice job, like I had a tech that was really mean. He was really, really mean to me. And um, it made me learn to set those boundaries. And, you know, when he would come over to my bay and, you know, start harassing me, I'd have to tell him, like, you know what, go back to your bay. We've got nothing to talk about. And um, he just made me so feel so self-conscious of what I was doing. And that's where I picked up, like, um, having the manager come in and check my work. And, um, you know, just because I, just, I, I didn't have that self-confidence yet to, to say, like, I'm, I'm, I did it. It's, we're good to right. go. But, um, you know, in, in him treating me so bad, I learned a whole lot. I learned how to set boundaries. I learned how to not let it affect me. And I also learned that if I wanted to be in this type of environment that I was going to need to grow thick skin and also need to have my work speak for itself as well as, you know, um, kind of learn to talk their language. I think uh, as a female, I was always like thinking about like how I felt when he would approach me or how I felt in the shop and stuff. And I kind of had to learn how to not speak that way, not not um, go in and say like I'm sorry for my presence being here like you know when you walk into a room you're like oh excuse me but may I have blah 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 or you know ask for permission um, that man I learned so much from it you know because I learned not to ask for permission to be there I learned not to say sorry for my presence and I definitely learned to set like the hard boundaries and say hey you know what you're doing is not okay you stay in your bay I stay in mine and we can still be respectful to one another um, yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, it's not that it makes it okay at all by any stretch of the imagination, but I think if you've got the right perspective about it and are willing to learn the lessons and find the silver linings, like even some of the, the worst situations mm -hmm. that, that I've worked in, like some of the most horrible people, some of the most horrible situations, like had a side benefit like i learned valuable lessons from them like how to deal with that stuff how to set boundaries like you said absolutely um so there is there is good that comes out of it but i'm glad you had positive experiences as well that that balanced that out um thank god that i did because i i think there is definitely three different times that i have seriously considered leaving the automotive field just because of how bad you know things were and um but i always you know, go driving and, you know, driving for me is like my, my time to decompress and just like, you know, to think things through. And I would always come back to like, this is what I love to do. And why, why do I need to give it up for people that are going to be crappy people anyway? You know, they, so, um, yeah, I'd always, you know, kind of dust myself off again and just like, all right, we'll find another job. And, um, that's the cool thing about, the automotive industry is that there's so much space for everybody. There's so many jobs. You don't yeah. just have to tech. like there, you know, we just discussed like all the different jobs that I've had and that's still not even half of what the automotive industry can be for somebody. Yeah. So um, there's room for all of us. So if I wasn't a good fit at that shop, then I was on to the next one. And once I started seeing, I think it was, I, I spoke to my mom and I was just so upset about the way I was being treated at one shop. And she said, why don't you just leave? And I was like, well, where How am I going to get hired? I don't want to go through all that process again. She told me, when have you not had a job? She says, I can count once that you didn't have a job for two days. And then I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and so that kind of gave me more of the confidence to say, 
you know what, if this shop isn't a fit for me, I'm out. And um, I love that you brought that up because I think it's something 10 years ago, I wouldn't be discussing this because I felt like I would have either been blackballed or just like not wanted in the shop for having this discussion. Um, but now I've been in the auto field so long that I know that if I don't find a job there, it's for a reason. You know, if they're, if they're not going to pick me up because I'm talking about, you know, the quality issues and treatment and stuff, then I shouldn't be working there. And neither should any of the other ladies. And um, I think it's hard having these discussions. It's uncomfortable, but it's needed. And it's needed not only for the women, but it's also needed for the men because, you know, that coming out of tech school, you don't know how much you should be making. You don't know how the shop environment should be. You know, and um, these kind of talks better prepare people in general. I'm, I'm really glad you said all of that. Is, and it is, it's important. I think it's especially like talking about the blackballing, like being afraid of that. And I, I hear that often. And in fact, I, I just before going on live, I, I saw a post from a woman in the industry kind of talking about that very, that very thing. And it's, you know, you talked earlier about learning how to grow a thick skin. And like, I, there's always a double-edged sword to that. Because I like, yes, you do need a thick skin in this industry. But we shouldn't have to. Like, yes. we shouldn't have to have a thick skin in the industry. And I think that's an, that's an, an issue. And I know for myself, too, I, I feel you. Like, there were times where I was definitely experiencing hostile work environments that were, and it wasn't just, you know, mild stuff. Like, it was... It was for real stuff. And yet I was afraid to speak up because I was afraid that if I did, then no other shop would want to hire me because they'd see me as a troublemaker. And I think that's a really real fear that a lot of ladies, particularly in the industry, have. So I think you're right. It is important to know that there's a ton of shops out there. Yes. And they're not all crap. Like there are crap ones and there are crap people, <laughs> but there's also a lot of wonderful, amazing people and wonderful shops. And don't be afraid to go somewhere else if you're not being treated well. And um, it's just one of those things. It's, it's like trying on a pair of shoes. You know, you don't, you don't take the ones that hurt. So, I mean, you got to leave those shops. And it's unfortunate because I've left um, some really good paying jobs and dealerships and stuff because of that. And, but you know, it's, um, it was either be miserable at my work or find somewhere else that I could, you know, learn, grow, and be happy at. And, um, you know, when those HR issues do come up, it's important to take them to HR. And I, I know I've never, I've always kind of not been treated well by HR with good reason because, you know, they're protecting their company. Mm. But the more that you just kind of suppress it and trying to deal with it on your own, the bigger it gets and the worse it gets and it's just it's there's nothing's going to change if we don't speak up for our own space and take our space and say hey we're here and um you know i've got the qualifications i'm trained i'm good at what i do and i'm here amen i finished my drink but i'd toast you if i hadn't cheers <laughs> cheers to that <laughs> yes absolutely so we've got five minutes left so let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can find you. Um, yeah, let's start with that. Okay, so all of my stuff is Eliza Loves Trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Instagram. I just started a TikTok. Um, yes, TikTok, me too. I have to find you now. I didn't know you were on. 
I saw you and I was like, ah! and so, so cool. Um, mine's kind of been all over the place. It's um, kind of a little bit about like, you know, the cool cars I see and some of the things I do in the willies and stuff. But uh, it's actually, it's like a little rabbit hole. Like once the alg algorithm gets set up and it's tuned to nothing but cars and off-roading and, and puppies for me. <laughs> Great day specifically, like that's all I see. <laughs> that's all. Do you have a Great Dane? Is that what you have? Your name that's is Kevin. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So in our last four minutes, because um, I know there's a lot of, there are a lot of industry folks who follow these happy hours, lots of technicians and, and folks who work in the industry. Um, what is, what is one, what is your advice to, because we've talked kind of advice for women. What's advice for the guys in the industry of how they can be, better allies um that's a wonderful question so i would say don't take the tools out of our hands if we ask you to you know to show us show us and explain the whys and um just be a good friend i think treat us treat us the way you would treat you know the guy next door to you they have awesome camaraderie and the way that they build friendships is absolutely amazing and so I've made some really, really lifelong friends, you know, working with people. And so just, just treat us that way. Just treat us with respect. And, um, yeah, be our allies. Because the more that we have men rooting for us, the easier it is for us to get into the shops and the easier it is for us to all get along. And you know what? Um, as much as I've learned from them, they've learned from me. Uh, because like, a, like our smaller statue, you know, we have to use a whole lot of leverage and, Know, different ways of doing things but that also improves like their health and they're they're not throwing out their backs and they're not doing all the heavy work and lifting so we can benefit all from each other we can all get along and be together beautiful per couldn't have said it better and what a perfect note to end on i love it you are fantastic i'm so glad that you joined me for this this was a lot of fun we need to catch up more often I'm so glad you're doing well. Please stay safe. And everybody who joined in, thank you so much for Bye. taking an hour out of your day to hang out with us and, um, and come back next week for another awesome interview with another phenomenal lady from the industry. And everybody be good to one another, be good to yourselves, and we will see you next time. Thank Bye, you. Guys. Bye, lovely.